0: Maybe this is a good way to start the podcast and proper recording now. We've stopped talking about heart attacks. Um <laughs> but which will leave as a mystery. Um talking of stupid people and stupid things, do you remember that picture a long time ago now on the internet where a guy phoned up a pizza company and said that his pizza had got no topping? I do not. And it was just bread, and it turned out it was upside down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that, a, is that a fact or fiction question? No, this is real. This, this happened. <laughs> um, you might have to find it, but Guy Complains Pizza Upside Down, I guess is what you could search for. But and um it, it happened. This this actually <laughs> happened. Uh I'll, I'll I'll quickly do this. This makes great podcasting material. Guy complains pizza upside down. Down, compl- yeah, we it.
1: Peter. yeah I have, it's a male as the pizza article.
0: complaint. Shopper complains his pizza has no topping before realizing that it's upside down. This was a long time ago 2009, oh, 2009.
1: right? I'm, Ninth of I'm going
0: back to the vault for my <laughs> references, but and now the real fun begins. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod. I am your host, as always, Ashley. Uh, do you want my full name? Do, why do I give it? I always say Ashley Grace Vendel, but what's the point? No one cares. Like, anyway, I'm Ashley. And on the other end of the call, as always, the more prepared and more knowledgeable host of this podcast, Chris, full name, Vinehart.
1: Uh, Chris, how are you doing? First of all, I'm flattered. Um, if you want to, like, my full name, you're actually missing the middle name, my second name, Go which on. is Mark. It's Chris Mark Weinhardt. Chris Mark Weinhardt. And Mark wow. with a C,
0: yeah. Mark with a C. Are you very picky with people about that? No, Mark no, with I'm a not. C, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I think that that's likely. My father wanted to have at least like <laughs> a bit of, like he tried to have some com- control over my name, so he's like, well, hmm, okay. <laughs> and I think it has to do with uh, with because like Chris is actually a a name for women and men. Mm, mm. so yeah (laughs) well there we go
0: and mine of course is a name for women and men and uh it confuses absolutely everybody um so there we go a quick anecdote about that before we jump into proper stuff this is for the hardcore listeners who don't mind listening to the first few minutes of us talking about absolute nonsense um I, I was refused a package that I had to pick up from a store because the guy did not believe my name was Ashley because he told <laughs> me that was a girl's name and that can't possibly be my name. So um, he wouldn't let me pick up the package. What? Until I produced ID, but then he did. But he he still thought I was joking the like, whole time. Like, in so. like in
1: like Jesus Christ, WhatsApp just went off again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was, it was
0: in Berlin that it, it, this was. It was in okay. Berlin this uh, happened. So, yeah. Huh? I, yeah. What? Well, I don't. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and he saw my middle name was Roberto, and he was like, "Why isn't that your first name? Like, that, that's so dumb." I was Roberto. Like, okay, Let's not go into this. My middle name is Roberto. Yeah. I think I thought it was Grace. Ah, uh, that's my last name, but double-barreled now because I got married and put them both together. Uh. So Wendell is her name? I. I don't. Yeah. Wendell oh, is my right. wife's name. Oh, I've poured right. it into mind, so now I have a posh aristoc- aristocratic, posh person double name
1: at the end. Ashley so Grace hang on, your Vendor. full name <laughs> is Ashley Roberto, Roberto Grace Wendell. Yes, Roberto. Is that is that what? Where is that? Is that Italian, Roberto?
0: And is Roberto Italian or Spanish? Either one of the two, it doesn't matter. But um, my dad called me after a boxer that he liked. That was all. No family ties or anything. Um. And obviously decided Robert was not no, was too normal. So Roberto, it is.
1: I like it because he can like. Uh, you can say it like
2: Roberto.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I go to Italy, I am Roberto Scratching. And you and you have
1: like, to yeah you have to put a like a like a E, e, uh, e major seven a, a chord behind it yeah. like a, <laughs> a guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, like one of my favorite Gravity Falls episodes with the with the Merman. And it was his name, Mermando. And every time he says his name, Mermando, like there's like the, the E major chord.
2: There are some who call me
1: Mermando.
0: This is because Mermando is my name. So what's coming up on today's episode, we're going to give a few thoughts on some music we've been listening to, some new music. That we've heard here and there. We're going to do a review of one of these songs on the BPM Pod Heroes playlist. And uh, the song this week is Four Oceans with the song Thousand, Yars, Yard, Thousand Yard Stare. God, what is wrong with our English this week? Then we go into the Desert Island playlist a little bit later on. And we've got a really special guest this week who I can't wait to speak to. And that is Yan from the band There Is A Light. Uh, he comes to us to talk about their tour in life and uh, some of their music that's out there, including a rather surprising but cool trip to China where it all goes a little bit like Searching for Sugar Man, the movie, where he discovers a fan base they didn't even know they had. So totally worth listening to that a bit later on in the episode. Uh, but first, we got a little celebration to have. And that's for you, Mr. Vinehart, Mark with a C. It is, uh, <laughs> You're not going to let that go, right? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Two-year anniversary of your uh, release of uh, Built to Last, right? Right. Two years uh, to Way, this day. Well. <laughs> so the day we're recording is 6th of June, which is also uh, Sweden Day. So really big thing for my wife. Well, All not right. big thing, actually. She doesn't care. But um, it's it's Sweden Day. Um, but this is uh, so this is you know, your release that came out two years ago, built to last, that you kindly gave me a copy of at the time. Um, did I? Yeah, you did. Matt, I'm a um, great guy. <laughs> you are a great guy. <laughs> so what what what's been uh, what's your sort of lasting memory of that release then?
1: Two years I'd, on. It's funny because I like just I think two three days ago. I, I was I was re-listening like to uh, the whole album. I went through it and I like, I think my 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 abilities of uh, my mixing abilities and and they, they are just so much better now. I barely can listen to the album. I I, I, I I still dig it and I think there are like some for me gems, but it, basically the album was my very first effort in producing an album by myself, right? Or songs by myself. We just purchase drum mics and everything and mixing drums, every producer will agree with me, is a very, very hard step at first. So everything sounds a bit weird and sounds very rehearsal spacey, but I can actually dig that because it's not as overproduced as my stuff is now. Uh, Because basically you have to, if you want to like sell stuff, you have to sound like everybody else. Uh, which is a sad, sad world that we're living in. But, oh, there it is. Uh, Yeah. um, Two years, time flies. And we promoted that album with a gig in Berlin Sage Club where we supported The Who. And I think we spoke about them. They are a... Hang on, where are they from?
0: The Who, it's It's like... It's not The Who, as in the band from
1: the 60s...
0: No, like the Who, although that would be great.
1: That would be um, awesome. It's among uh, the Who, like uh, the of course T H E and Who is H U, and it's it's a mm. it's a Mongolian band. Yeah, Basically, we have spoken about them. Yeah, previously, and they it like to my ears they just play blues rock, right? Like the typical dun 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 dun, but they play it with Mongolian. Instruments uh, like et- is ethnic instruments, the right? Word, I don't know, mm. I don't want to be racist, <laughs> but like, well, there we go, we just got cancelled. <laughs> 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 so, hang on, well, uh, with traditional Mongolian instrumentation, including the Maureen Kur, the Tov Shur, and Mongolian throat singing. So, yeah, we supported them, and I think it was one of their very first gigs in germany uh yeah for our release it was our release uh day
0: i remember you invited me and i couldn't go and i can't remember why but there was a reason i think i was probably traveling or something but i remember you mm. invited me so i made it a big thing that i would come to your next gig and that was the one in i came to one somewhere and then there was one about a year or so ago maybe a bit more ago in november i think 2019 maybe yeah
1: and that was in Cassiopeia, i think yeah uh, down there that was that was with uh, Grachos the uh, Swiss, yes. Swiss band Swiss band Swiss band yeah good night that was but yeah, so that was built awesome. to last built to we last were was fucking last, like, drunk <laughs>
0: we were going to avoid that part but we were <laughs> drunk um i had way too much to drink way more than i thought i did um, and i remember you wanted me to stay out for more and I, I was like no i have to go home like i really have to go home there like, is I, I
1: the, would... the, the, the episode actually exists where we are talking, just right after the gig. It does. Back in the
0: archives, where we're talking right after the gig. Yeah. So, uh, and you can hear a... Because there
1: may have been gigs. alcohol.
0: Yeah. But uh, back when gigs were a thing. Speaking of which, actually, do you have any gigs sort of opening up and things now? Because we're recording this from... Different locations. Let's leave it like that. And uh, our COVID rules are slightly different.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes and no. Uh, we were actually we are going to play uh, maybe hopefully a gig which has been booked for two years now. One new, uh, yeah, one, uh, two years. Wow. Um, back in 2019, we played a, a fête de la musique show in Hennigsdorf. Um mm. Like faire la musique is basically playing gigs without getting paid for yeah. the sake of art, which is a which is a good thing. But well, guest money is also nice. <laughs> yeah. But we, uh, like the 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 pr- promoter and um, like the, they liked us so much that they invited us to their like city festival, um, with a couple of thousand guests. So we were going to play in twenty twenty there. But it has been moved to 2021. So hopefully we are going to play this show in, I think, August or September. I don't know. Mm. Other than that, no no gigs yet. I think an acoustic show is coming up, but I have to ask our booker about that. But
0: things are gradually getting back to normal. And right. I mean, the last sort of full album was... Well, your last sort of full album, was this one, right? Built to last. Yeah. So are there any sort of... Other releases on the horizon?
1: I know you've released songs here and there, but is there any other stuff coming up? Um, we spoke about the single that is coming up, I think some episodes ago, the Chamber of Light stuff. Other than that, mm-hmm. nah, not really. Because we we're still not we're still not sure if we should release an album or singles. So... Like Do you miss the process weird. of an album
0: though? Because this was two years ago now, you did this. Do you miss the process of making an album or do you find it just
1: stressful? No, I think I think I think I miss it I, I, like, at least a bit because like you have to the cool thing is that you have to like think about the big picture, right? Not just oh this single sounds cool, so I'm going to use this snare drum for this. Um, and now it, w- with an album you have to like consider every other song so they sound like not every song sounds weird by itself and and, and, and together like yeah, considering the big picture. That's like a challenge in itself. But I think, yeah, we'll do that. I thought about re-releasing stuff from Built to Last as well as Don't Stop Breathing uh, maybe some years down the road and call it Rebuild to Last.
2: Mm -hmm. Nice.
0: Yeah,
1: man. You do some slightly different mixes of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like uh, maybe rearrange them. Acoustic versions, orchestral versions, I don't know, free jazz versions.
0: let's talk a little bit about what we've been listening to because we've had a little bit of time off here we've had a little bit of a summer break shit has sort of hit the fan in both of our lives so we took a little (laughs) bit of time off but uh we're back now we were listening to some music in the meantime Uh, Chris what have you been listening to that you've enjoyed that you want to bring up
1: let me check the script because I don't remember Um, that's a good good start all oh, right, Angels and Airways. Cool. So basically, the band of is it Tom DeLonge from Blink One Eighty Two? I think so. Right? I think so. Yeah, his space rock project because he is nuts about aliens and stuff. Um, and I think I w- I w- like Spotify suggested me the new single or is it the new single? I don't know. Paper Thin. Um, and I I like that song. I liked it very much. But when I listened to the was it headhunters remix which is i don't know a edm Schranz hard style remix i was like this is awesome this is so cool like that's a i can dig remixes that that um change up the like the harmonies and and stuff and Damn, that's so cool. I, I love it so much. I've been listening to Paper Thin as well as the Headhunters remix like nonstop. Spotify even put it in my uh, was it yearly like walkthrough of my listening practices. They have this this feature where mm. they mm. put together a small presentation of the stuff you're listening to. Which gets all weird because my girlfriend mm. is listening to various weird German podcasts. So, so my like the, the most listened stuff of mine is Cradle of Filth, which is this black metal stuff, and right after that, a German comedy yeah. podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a mix, yeah. Yep. Um. Uh, so yeah, Angels and Airwaves, Paper Thin. Dang. So what about you? I'm seeing Manchester Orchestra. Now I haven't heard quickly though I want to talk
0: about Headhunters of oh. um of um Headhunters the name for a long time. Um they used to do there was some like remixes. I think he's Dutch, um, if I remember that rightly. There was some that like he used to uh, do for video games and stuff like that and I've definitely heard them in like video games, maybe SSX, the snowboarding game things. Yeah. By the way, quick segue while we're here. This is something we're gonna talk about more in the future. Um based on an idea from you which was uh soundtracks to video games. Um because you love official soundtracks especially to things to like Silent Hill and whatnot, but these like purposefully done scores. I don't really have much knowledge of that but I do remember sort of individual songs that were used in video games or sort of collections of them that become soundtracks. So we're going to talk a lot about that because you hear us refer a lot to like <laughs> old, particularly PlayStation 2 games like yeah. <laughs> back in the day. So um we'll talk about that in the future. But anyway, so Headhunters remix of Paper Thin is what you've been listening to. And me, I've been listening to Manchester Orchestra. They had a uh, new album come out about a month ago and it was called the million masks of god So, let's let's start with the name then, Million Masks of God. I actually like that name, but I can see that it's a bit emo-y, kind of, you know, odd. And they have another song on there called Angel of Death, and stuff like that. So it's all, it's all <laughs> slightly emo-y. Unleashing and, their uh, inner then, Slayer. Yeah, well, their music isn't Slayer at all. Um, the best way to describe Manchester Orchestra... There's a band I like that I talk a lot about on here that don't get anywhere near as much recognition as they deserve. And that's My Morning Jacket. I absolutely love them. Psychedelic, classic rock kind of band. Yeah, kind of, I guess they describe themselves as like post-rock or whatever. But it's not. It's indie alternative slash psychedelic classic rock. It's kind of that general rock sort of groove. Really decent band. Again, much underrated. They've sort of really found fame with their previous release before this, which was called Black Mile to the Surface, which was also another great album name, actually. Um, (laughs) And um, they found a lot of fame off of YouTube with a few songs off of there that got millions of views and stuff. So their previous album, Black Mile to the Surface, was a little bit Mumford Sons-ish for me. And I don't like Mumford & Sons at all. It's always (laughs) predictable, four-chord folk rock and then a banjo comes in and it gets loud and then it finishes. That's I was every... just going
1: to say, they have a banjo though, right?
0: That's every Mumford & Sons song. I start off quiet, finger-picking guitar, builds up, banjo comes in, big finish. That's every Mumford & Sons song. Nothing sounds different. <laughs> Never change the running system. And their 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 previous album, Black Mile to the Surface, sounded a little bit Mumford & Sons. got a little bit too Coldplay-y for me and a bit odd but there are three or four songs that I love. Uh one is called There's a Trio that will follow on with each other um and blend into one another. Uh The Alien, The Sunshine and The Grocery and what they're all called and they'll blend into one another and they're really really fantastic. Like it's like a piece of music in itself. So they're great. Um so this new album they wanted to sort of continue that sound which I wasn't so thrilled about. Um But change it up a little bit. And um, I think they succeeded in what they wanted. There are a couple of songs on here that do sound Mumford and Sonny, unfortunately. You can predict exactly where they're going, exactly what's going to happen. The lyrics are all vague references about death or light or the sky or angels or whatever. And it's just very vague and a bit like, Oh, yeah, this makes me feel great. And it could be used in a montage on TV or something. There's a couple (laughs) of songs like that that I don't like so much. However. Overall, the first half of this album is fucking excellent. The first five songs, just listened to as a run through, and they're great. The second half, not as good at all, actually. Um, but the first half, starting with this song called Angel of Death Onwards, are so good. Like, I don't even really know how to describe what's good about them. I think they're so textured as well. Like, there's... like, I've listened to it now on my laptop, then on my headphones, then on actual vinyl through the... Uh, decent speakers, and I'm always picking up different things, which we've spoke about before, I love that, when an album is so well mixed and so dense that you can pick up different instruments by listening to it on different things I love that, it's like you found a bonus well it's like you found an easter egg kind of thing, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really cool and they do this really great thing where they use the same drum sample to start off two songs back to back So they run kind of like a two-parter of one song. And you begin listening to the second one thinking, well, I just heard this song. But they've done like a completely different reworking of the song you've just heard. So they're the same song, just different. It's really cool. And I really, really liked that. Um, Really thought that was like a really great idea, you know, just something to play around with. Um, So yeah, Million Masters God, it's got this very sort of indie rock vibe to it. I would say, again, similar to this band, My Morning Jacket, who I love. But this has got a bit more Foo Fighters influence to it, and uh, unfortunately, occasional Coldplay. That bit you can just but <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, yeah, decent, decent spin. Give it a spin. By no means my favourite album this year, but certainly worth a listen, uh, if only for the first five songs. And uh, talking cool. of remixes, because you got me over the Headhunters remix. Is another thing I've been listening to recently. This is very quick, but. <laughs> Have you ever dug into '80s remixes of modern songs on YouTube?
1: Is that the one that you sent me yesterday evening? Did you listen to it? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so much better than the original. I don't <laughs>
0: even. I'm like, this is now. This is the version. The original is is rubbish. Like, yeah. I, I've been addicted to these these '80s remixes that people do of modern songs. And the one we listened to yesterday was. Uh, was it somebody I used to know
3: gotcha yeah
0: I hate the original i think it's awful hell yeah um, dude yeah <laughs> it's dreadful it's such a bad song um but this remix is fucking excellent yeah, like it's so good the guitar solo in it and everything it's so 80s i'm like oh I, this could be in vice city the soundtrack oh um, dang that would be yeah right like i loved it so 80s remixes and modern pop songs, there's so many people I could mention who do them on YouTube, I'm not going to bother. Just type in 80s versions modern songs and you'll come up with hundreds, if not thousands. There's yeah. some really good ones out there, <laughs> including Rihanna, done in the style of Whitney Houston. That's great. Ooh, Riri. Uh, yeah, I like Riri anyway, but like, like yeah, I, mean, me I like her. I don't like her music so much, but
1: I like her a lot and she does have a good voice. Um, yeah, they but, like they mask it so much with autotune since, I think, the last album. Like, it's, it's actually became become part of her sound, which is sad because she can sing so, like, good. <laughs> so I have a theory about Rihanna. It's a, it's a
0: tangent I didn't expect to take after talking about the Manchester <laughs> Orchestra. But um, she would make a fantastic metal band singer.
1: Oh, oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like a well, nightwish style thing. she
0: has a really thing. low, like growl. Yeah. But can also go super high as well. Right. She'd be really fantastic in like a melodic progressive metal band.
1: Oh right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Now that you mention, oh, I would like to add a, a song to my what I've been listening to. Oh. Uh, that is Spirit Box Holy Roller. Oh, uh,
0: never heard of this. Yeah. Go
1: on. Um, so I've, I used to be much more of a metalhead, and I don't listen that much to metal stuff anymore. And I've, I found that song because of like, a, um, the, the producer was talking how he did the, in the intro, the, the vocal, um, the, the, the vocoder style stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude, when that main riff kicks in, holy shit, that is what a fucking great riff. This is so awesome. Holy Roller by Spirit Box i've been listening to it non-stop just if you if you would like to check check it out right now ash <laughs> just the first 30 seconds or whatever it is well we got come on then okay cool
0: okay weird video that looks like the film midsummer yep and she's here it comes Wow, did not expect that That's a fucking great riff (laughs) The video Yeah, it's awesome Is (laughs) creepy Like, super creepy And um, I did not expect That voice at all because in the video she's dressed up like some sort of Midsummer Queen with flowers around her, and she's like this really pretty young woman. Yeah. And then this like growl comes out of like nowhere. Like, wow. Okay, did not expect that.
1: She used to be the, I think, second vocalist for a band called I Wrestled a Bear Once. <laughs> wow.
0: And that's a fantastic band name.
1: And it's 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 one word.
0: I wrestled a bear once as yeah. one word. Yeah. Wow, There's okay. an
1: awesome video of them with their first singer like where they basically do just a high school style pool party. Pretty pretty is... uh, freaky stuff. The
0: video is creepy. Like legitimately creepy. I'm sort of watching it in the background with the sound off right now and it's uh, really odd. But what a riff that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> That is great. It's and not even that complex,
1: but no, it's fantastic. It's so cool and it just wants me to go into a fucking mosh pit <laughs> and bash my head in. And that the tone
0: of like the I think it must be the bass or at least the bass end of the guitar is insanely good with the yeah. drums being like that forward as well. Like the drums are very forward in these headphones. Like it's kind of intense, like it's punching me in the face a little bit. Yeah. But you can still the problem when you do that is that normally it dominates everything else like you know what I mean when the drums are too in the middle kind of like front here it it just drowns out everything else and you can't hear bass or anything but you can really hear it quite clearly here like they've managed to mix that pretty solidly I must admit because everything's clearly turned up loud Um, yeah but they've still managed to like balance it actually
1: quite well it's uh, yeah. Uh, the I just uh, looked it up. The producer is called Daniel Brownstein or Brownstein, or whatever. Braunstein. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> that's what he's called now. <laughs> Pretty. The cool, plus yeah. side of this is if we get your name wrong, we've given you a new name. <laughs> this for 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 all the uh, for all the producers out there who are listening to this podcast, you should you should definitely check out the YouTube channel URM Academy. Um, the 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 whole thing about URM is that they get the actual producers of very well known metal albums like we're talking we're talking Dimo here and In Flames and whatever like the top of the top metal bands and they get the producers and they basically remix the songs live and you can well you have to pay for it but you actually get the stems of the song you can mix the songs yourself. Mm. the actual in flames song or i don't know nightwish song or whatever it's insane it's cool like it costs money of course and they teaser their like their online courses with youtube videos uh, that's where i found this song uh urm academy on youtube wow urm academy definitely worth
0: checking out then yeah i now just researching more about the band like and who uh who they are like I did not expect, like, honestly, I know you shouldn't judge things on looks anyway, right, then it's not, not a complete... But I'm just saying, when you see the video of the lead singer of said band, you do not expect what is coming next. Like, yeah. <laughs> you really don't. Especially someone like me, who's like, oh, look, they look nice. Oh, okay. Oh, here's where we're, here's where we're going. All right. Oh, they just ate my face. Speaking of uh, new music, it's time to turn our attention to some of the BPM pod Unsung Heroes. And uh, we normally go through and pick a few songs out that we want to review and say a few things about. And I promised anyone who's on there, they will get a review and it will be at random at some point. This also means at some point I'm going to come up because I think one of my songs are on there. I am dreading this day like (laughs) you would not believe. Um, This week, it's the band Four Oceans and the song is Thousand Yard Stare. You start with this one because i kind of feel like this might be in a field and sound of music you have more investment and knowledge in
1: than i do mm-hmm. um so yeah and no because oh man i don't want to because metalheads are weird with their genres right and i don't want to step on anybody's toes but to me this song is like apart from being mixed awesome and written cool it's a To me, it's a very basic modern metalcore song. Mm. And I've never been a fan of metalcore. Um, It reminds me of Killswitch Engage. um, Yeah, full stop. It reminds me of Killswitch Engage, which uh, to me is a compliment for the band. But I think it's very... What's the right word? Um... Like I, when, I, when I listened to it, I was like, man, the only thing that's missing now is a break that turns the volume down where the singer's voice is basically has this telephone effect where they equalize it so that only the mids are being heard. And that's exactly what happened 10 mm-hmm. seconds later. So formulaic, is that the right word?
0: Predictable. I actually wrote that. Predictable,
1: yeah. But it's not for me, but it, like it's it's produced awesome. So, and I I I'm sure that fans of this genre will absolutely fucking dig this song because it, like you can hear that they they put their 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 blood and sweat and tears into it. Just not not my not my kind of metal, not in my so,
0: backyard. Yeah, I mean we're gonna have very similar opinions then because. Again, I, I so I'm actually a sucker for telephone vocals. I love telephone mm. vocals and stuff. I do I as well.
1: Why. So that wasn't that's, that wasn't the criticism.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm just saying, I really like that. So that was cool, and I like that he seems to have a certain level of mids being raised throughout all of his vocals. They all sound slightly distant and like ruffled, which I quite liked. I thought that was pretty nice. And there is some solid like musicianship here, and like it's pretty well produced and stuff. But as you say. That, the whole thing just felt very predictable. Very sort of cut and paste from any sort of metal, new metal metalcore from sort of mid-2005 to mid-2010s. It kind of just felt very... I don't know, it could have been... really. If you told me this was released, like you said, by Killswitch Engage, I would have gone, yeah, okay, I believe that, like, fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's also probably a massive compliment <laughs> at the same time, but... I, I, but maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe that's worth finding out. Maybe that's what they were going for—something pretty reliable. Um, but it wasn't necessarily stand out-ish enough for me. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. That's not to say I hated it at all. But I didn't really like it, like either. Mm. It was, it, it was there, and it's good music. And like you say, fans of them and this genre will probably love it, but not me. Coming up a bit later, we're going to talk about a Desert Island playlist, but now it's time for our guest. Uh, We were super excited to talk to this guy. Um, Now, keep in mind, this was a slight pre-record on this one, because as we explained earlier, we had a break for a little while, and we had to pre-record a little bit here and there. So some things we've talked about and some dates that are coming up might not make 100% sense. Um, Dude, we fucked up the timeline. We messed up the timeline a little bit, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> no one will notice. I might even overdub when he says, like, this week in June and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, i just see what happens, even though I don't have a German accent at all. This is the band There Is A Light. Now, maybe you want to introduce them, actually, because it was actually you who set this one up. Tell us a little bit about uh, There Is there's A Light and um, like how you sort of got to know them and, and what, what we're
1: talking about. So, There's a Light is a band from a city called La in Germany, which is in the south of Germany. And if you eagle-eared listeners uh, remember when i talked back back in the days when i talked about my first uh, ep which was don't stop breathing i hired my good friend ulf winter to play drums for me and the drummer and uh, jan the producer of their slide uh, who you'll be hearing in a moment uh, is a like he started to play drums and learn drums together with ulf and la they're from the same city so when i met ulf a couple of months ago now he was like dude you should totally get uh, Jan and his band there's a light on the podcast because they are just being hyped by everybody right now like you will hear some cool stuff about uh them signing their their first label contract and whatever so yeah and and yeah Jan is a very very nice dude very cool like super talented guy just listen to the stuff uh very very pretty well, post-rocky, alt-rock. Like, for fans of Dredge and Goddess and Astronaut, that should be exactly up your alley. And he was lovely. He was such a lovely guy to talk to, and uh, we talked about,
0: as you say, their record deal. Congratulations on that. Uh, What's coming up? There's a lot of stuff in the works that they couldn't reveal too much of right now, but there is stuff coming up, Um, which we almost tempted an album name out of him on, but not quite. (laughs) Nearly. But uh, we nearly got there. And he told us this amazing story, which you can hear in a second, which takes up easily half of the interview about going to China, a country that I've been to as well, and it is nuts. Um, And uh, he found it even more nuts than I did, because uh, something completely unexpected happened with a fan base over there that he didn't know they had. Um, So that's really cool. And this is what happened when we caught up with Yan from There's a Light.
3: Warning ashley forgot to select the correct microphone so his audio is not that good do not adjust your device
1: back everybody today we have a very special guest for our episode the main producer songwriter what else is there bassist guitar player drummer of Their a light, jan welcome to the show jan
3: thank you thank you for having me
1: okay so which is your main instrument <laughs> to get that out I, of the way
3: uh, i play drums okay There's cool yeah
1: so the most important part of the sound right
3: absolutely absolutely uh, the most
1: popular member of
0: the band
3: (laughs) as well it always is the the guy who gets every girl yeah it's true (laughs) yeah it's so true
1: but think about it if the if the drum sound of a production is shit, basically the whole production suffers a lot from it right
3: yes it is i i i think the the drum sound is the like the foundation so if if you if you want to record something uh the first thing you have to look for is the the drum sound so you have a good drum sound and then you you uh, took the bass to match with the drums and then you like uh, stagging everything mm. on top of these so yeah i think you're you're right with uh having a good drum sound is a, a very important thing
1: yeah especially in rock and metal or post post-rock is your genre right self-proclaimed genre is a post-rock
3: yeah i everyone call it post-rock but we we don't think we play like a typical or classic post-rock and i guess it's, it's it has a lot to do with how we listen to music and how we write our songs so mm. that we we say yeah you you can uh you can put us in like this this post-rock genre but it's not that typical post-rock thing like uh If you take the great like uh, explosions in the skies and Sigor Ross and uh, this will destroy you and bands like that.
0: Before we dig into things about a little bit about There's a Light and what you've done and what's coming up next. For people who don't know who you are, just give us a little bit of an introduction to There's a Light.
3: Yeah, so uh, we are There's a Light. We are from southern Germany. We are based in the Black Forest. Like our origins are in the Black Forest. We're a five a five piece band. We're all from the city called La. It's uh, close to the French border, like close to uh, Strasbourg. And now we're we're a bit split across Germany because of jobs and everything. But uh, like three people of us are still living in La, and we we formed like nine years ago, like as a as a recording project of two guys Jonas and David and then over the years like uh, Marcus Andy and me we joined the band and we're playing like a real band since 2015 I guess and yeah we play like rock music but we try to we try to mix it up with, with a lot of elements of other music genres. So uh, we are big fans of electronic music, big fans of like uh, modern classical, like Nils Fram, Olafur Arnold, And um, yeah, but the main influences, uh, yeah, if you can say main influences, but like the, the origin influences are Caspian and uh, Sigur Rós a lot.
0: And I mean, so just give us a little bit of an overview of your back catalogue now. How many albums have you released out um, there? We've... There's the Long Lost Silence was the last one, right? And yeah, then...
3: it was a Long Lost Silence, which was released in 2018. And it was completely DIY made. And then we had like 2011. It was the first project of uh, Andy, Jonas and David. It was a, a four track EP, which was called uh, Khartoum. And... Surprisingly, one song of this uh, of this EP get a lot of notifications, especially in uh, in Asia, in China, and this leads to a lot of crazy things that happen to us. Um, and the craziest thing we've ever done was playing a headline tour in China for two weeks in 2018. Yes, three years ago. What?
0: What's it like touring in China? Because it's it's not really a... When people do go on tour there, even, you know, whether they're sort of big headline acts or small things, it's just not something you really hear of that much. People go on tour in like Japan or America or Australia or Europe or whatever. Africa's another one you don't hear too much about, but China especially, it just seems like it's impossible to tour in. So how was that?
3: It's totally crazy because um, China is like a world on its own so they're so like uh, split up from the world with internet and it's it's totally crazy and the the whole story is totally crazy because the the thing is we got an email by a chinese uh, tour manager and he told us oh come to china you have a lot of fans here and then we said oh that's a spam mail and so we deleted it (laughs) immediately and then like Three months later, we got another email from another guy, which turns out will be our tour manager uh, a, a year later. And then we we texted with him, and it was he was really cool. Then Marcus uh, take some calls with him, and then we asked a Swedish band, can't remember the name, and asked them because they have been. On China tour with him uh, if it is serious and if he's cool and they say oh yeah he's very cool he's a smart guy and then we said yeah it's fuck it let's do it let's try it and we only we had no idea what what was gonna happen and only I think one week after we took the flight we get our 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 visas or our working visas and yeah then so we we flew to China and had no idea if they let us in into the into the country and then when we were at at the airport in in Beijing then there was this long-haired chinese metal black metal guy which uh, which was called yiki or liu was his name and then he said yeah welcome to china <laughs> and Dang. yeah it, it's totally crazy especially the the first uh, the first show on in Beijing was was amazing because I, I think you 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 know it. If, if you play a local show, you you uh, you gear up your stage things and then you you go outside, drink some beers, talk to a few people, and then you go on stage. And play. Then you're on, yeah, yes. exactly, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And we did the same in Beijing, and then there went a girl or two or three girls passed. And they, they recognized us. <laughs> they said, "Oh, we are, we are, uh, we're coming to the show to this evening, and then they won some autographs, and they went totally crazy. <laughs> and then our, our tour guy said, uh, mo- uh, "Boys, let's move on backstage because shit will going to break out here when, you, when you're being in front of the venue." And the funny thing about this was the. The backstage room really was a backstage room. So the only entrance to the backstage room was a door on the stage. So we've been backstage and we had no idea how many people will come to the show. And then um, we said, oh, maybe when there are 20, 30 people, it, it's so cool. And then we entered the stage while our intro was playing and the club was full of 200, 250 people and they went crazy and this was so oh oh no What's gonna happen?
0: <laughs> it's like one of these it's like one of these documentaries you hear about you know where like someone old has like you know been really big in another country and they've never yes. known about it yes. like yes. that's what this sounds yes. like
3: and it was it was like this this girl um which we met in in the front front of the door she she said do you even know how famous you are in the Chinese post scene? We had no idea. And then she showed us her phone, and like the, on the on the Chinese Spotify version, the song we choose to go to the moon from the the 2011 EP had like 10 million, 10 million clicks or something like that. And we said, oh <laughs> We had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, and this was our first experience on um, playing China. And then after every show, our our tour manager said, "Okay, yeah, let's let's go backstage. Um, I give you twenty minutes. Then uh, we have to we have to build up like the the autographing session." <laughs> and we say, "What?" And it was like a queue of people, and like half an hour, uh, hour we had to sign things. And yeah, it's totally crazy. And yeah, we've, we've met some people. I can remember one story when there was like a girl, I guess 12 years old, 30 years old. And uh, she said, yeah, I came here with my mom. Like uh, we, we took a five to six hour drive only to see you. And this was crazy. And, and then the mom said, oh yeah, I was very skeptic about this, but now I like you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: little bit about yourself before we dig into some more technical music questions uh when did you start getting into the drums what's your musical story
3: oh i i got into drums very early um my my uncle he's a he's a drum teacher and so i got my first drum set when i was two years old for eastern yeah but i seriously started playing and like being six or seven and taking some some drum lessons. It it was a tough time, so I don't play drums very very often. Um, it was hard for me to uh, to rehearse drums. And but at the age of like fourteen or fifteen, he gave me like a like an ACDC live concert DVD, and I watched it, and then and then I saw like uh, this drummer playing the easiest groove in the world, and the people went crazy. And then I thought, what? This is all you have to you have to play and the people go crazy and then I started to to uh, rehearse a lot with this with this uh, time playing drums you start to try to record your drums and if you start with recording and then you start with recording the drums I mean it's like the hardest thing or the hardest instrument to record and you start with it so you have to do a lot of practice and uh, yeah so. From recording the drums, I get into a lot of um, production and trying trying different stuff.
0: But we're very thankful for drummers for going first yeah. because it makes everyone else's job, like mine, yeah. so much easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then they're like, come and play piano, come and sing vocals. Yeah, okay. Is there a drum beat? Yes, there is. Oh, okay, then we're good.
1: <laughs> cool. So who's the better drummer, you or Ulf Winter?
3: Uh, <laughs> Ulf Winter. <laughs> Because Ulf Winter is the crazy guy, he is like doing all these uh, stick trick things, which I can't. I I, I can't
1: do. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ulf Ulf Winter. I mentioned him a dozen times before on this podcast. He actually played for, uh, on my album, and he was the one who connected us. So uh, shout out to yes. Ulf. And uh, yeah, you you were yes. raised in the same city, right? You were born in the yes. same city.
3: He's a good friend of mine, and we started playing drums together in the same like, music school when we were seven years old. Like, we, 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 we played together in like a lot of percussion ensembles where we played some weird stuff with mallets, xylophones, and every percussion thing. And yeah, so we have like a, a musical background together. And like a lot of this musical journey we did, we did together. For about nearly twenty-five years.
1: This is also this is some children's book shit, right? Growing up together in the same city, starting with yes. the same instrument, and Ulf's been on tour in America a couple of times. You've been to China. This is awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then we have like we've we've been on the on the music school like like a four guy group, and I think every of these four guy is now um, doing music for profession in one or another way.
1: Yeah. Album upcoming, right? No, uh, hang on. Uh, you've been signed. Let's go there first. You've been signed yes. by one of the biggest, greatest German labels, metal labels ever, right? So tell us about that, and then we talk about the upcoming album.
3: Yes. Yeah, we've we've gotten uh, an email. I think it was last year, end of last year, end of 2020. Like. Uh, Totally random email again. So I think every great story in our band starts with a random email.
0: Be, be careful for the emails that say that they're like a Nigerian prince or yeah. something, though, right? You, you know not to respond to them. Yeah. Like, don't do that.
3: Please, please send us 10,000 and we will do the rest.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: But <laughs> so it, was, it was a guy called uh, Sebastian and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm Sebastian. I'm working for a label called Napalm Records. Um. I listened to your album "Along Lost Silence on YouTube and I think it's pretty cool. So, um, do you mind if we work together? That was it. And then I, I heard about Napalm Records, but I had no idea what what label this is. And then we, we looked on Facebook and Instagram and, uh, and Facebook, I guess, 500,000... Uh, subscribers, Instagram, two hundred fifty thousand subscribers, and then we talked about it and said okay, let's do it. I mean, <laughs> that's a that's a chance. <laughs> yeah. And then we signed, and we signed this uh, this contract, and now we're like on the on the roster of Napalm Records. But oh. it's it's weird because we're we're like a, a rock band, and I don't guess we're like a very hard music playing rock band. Um, we mix like distortion guitars with with pianos and if if you look on the on the label there are a lot of like metal bands black metal and very very extreme metal bands so it's it's kind of weird to to be listed with this bands on one label but it's excited yeah
1: for the listeners who haven't heard of napalm records let me just give you a quick overview of some of their most famous bands Alder Bridge, Ailstorm, Andrew WK, Jesus Christ. Uh, what do we. Candlemas. There's all bands that I listen to. Devil Driver, Jesus Christ, Ectomorph. And the list goes on and on. Tank, See Ash? <laughs> Tank Again,
0: Hoobastank. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and Ulf Tudbert. I didn't realize Jesus Christ was signed <laughs> to Napalm Records, <laughs> yeah. by the way. But I'm glad he also is. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> but congratulations. First. Oh, yeah. Like...
3: But it's it's so weird because everything happened to this band. is like coming out of nowhere. Because I, I talked to a friend about it and I said, I don't feel ver- very good in this because I knew bands, they are touring their ass off like five years, six years, playing everywhere and they don't come up with something. And we are like doing nearly nothing and are able to to china then get like a, a very cool contract with napa records and isn't it a bit unfair i ask myself so <laughs> it's it's that's weird. a
1: very noble stance right because usually the other side of the coin would say isn't that a bit unfair yeah <laughs> yeah
0: Chris will take your contract if you want. Like, he'll take <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> if you want to give it to him. <laughs>
1: no, don't. Jesus, <geez>, no. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, you signed a deal for a uh, uh, next album, right? And yeah. you are producing the next album. So tell us a bit about it. Because I've checked out your Instagram and your Facebook. And there are a lot of pictures from this studio, from various studios, I think. Uh, lots of amps keyboards drums so yeah how's it been going
3: yeah it's not it's not totally true that i am producing the album um on on my own or only me Um we are we are still like a very big diy band so we're, we're trying to make as much ourselves as possible and along the side it was completely diy we track the drums in our rehearsal space and the guitars, ourselves and everything. And with the new album, we decided to, to track the drums in a like a real studio um, because it's so stressful if you have to play the drums and make it sound good like at the same mm. time. So um, we said, let's go to a to a real studio, then I only have to take care of playing good drums and not like uh, doing all the technical stuff. And you have someone who is only there for making your drums sound good and recording. And th- this was a point um, where we said, yes, let's grab the money and go to a studio. And then mm. in February, I went to, uh, to Frankfurt to a studio, which is called B9 Studio. And we uh, tracked drums there. It's a very cool studio. It's, it's in, the, in Frankfurt downtown, in a basement, and it's very cool because you, you step outside and you're completely in the city. Mm. Yes, and we've, I think I can say that the album is nearly recorded right now. So cool. we, we recorded the drums on February in one week, and then we recorded the rest in the first week of April. And it was very, very different this time because of the coronavirus. We're not able to lock um, to lock in one room and then record it at one at one PC. So we decided because we want to do it on this week. Um, we decided to track the whole album on the in the same week on, di- on three different places. Like we've we've recorded it. Um, right here in my like home studio, uh, we've recorded bass and vocals and Marcus and David tracked the guitars in, in David's place. And Jonas tracked all the, the synths and the keys in his own space. Mm-hmm. And it was tough, but it worked out very, very fine. So it, it worked better than we, we, ima- we imagined. <laughs>
1: production is, uh, guitars, because I seen on your Facebook page that you are using campers for guitars, right? Yeah. As um, well as analog amps. What is it? Bogners or yeah. something like that? So tell me about um, because m- many guitar players these days are uh, digital, analog, yeah. pff, whatever sounds good, right?
3: Um, yeah, we are, we are combining digital and, and analog. Cool. Um, on Along the Silence, we uh, everything was tracked in the box like with uh with the uad like with this with this, hmm. uh, guitar emulations but the camper is for for bass tracking so we, we track the bass with camper but it's yeah we well in in bass we have an approach to to split it up like if you have a an soft and round up bass sound we use uh, an amp like camper because the cap of the the speakers make it like Very soft the bass sound. It it Mm. kills a lot of mid-range and high-range frequencies. And when we try to get some more crunchy and distortion bass sound, because we we play or Andy is playing a lot with distortion sound, we tried to use the amp, but it it doesn't turn out that it works so good because. You have like uh, the the deep frequency and then you have like this high gain on top and there was something missing in the middle like the mid frequencies and then we we only go for the DI sound so we when when we are when we are tracking like um, distortion heavy distortion bass we're only going for the DI sound and then shaping the sound afterwards with Mm. with plugins and EQs and something so that's for the bass and for the guitars um david and marcus were tracking over an uad load box so mm. and so and that's the world where like digital and analog um is combined like tracking over a real guitar amp um i think david is playing uh, like a custom made i think is it tonewood? Mm-hmm. It's a Tone tonewood tonewood guitar amp and then like uh Using the the load box to to get like digitalize the sound, mm. the input's response. Cool, yes, mm. and and what's really cool about it, and um, that you can change the caps while mm. recording because mm. the speakers make so much of the of the guitar sound. They they can change it so dramatically, right. and we're not we're not able to like have five six seven real speakers. So it's a very easy way to come up with a, with a cool guitar sound where you can change it immediately from yeah. one second to the other with one click. And I understand what you said with um, like, guitar players are in a fight with the <laughs> analog, digital, but I have to say, I mean, I'm also a fan of trying as much analog as possible because I think, or, or my, my point is that every every amp, every analog amp sounds a bit different, even if it's the same uh, the same version or I mean every every Vox AC 30 sounds a bit different. Mm. But I think it's today the the digital things are so good right now that it's not a shame to, to use digital.
1: Okay, uh, one of my favorite questions that I ask yeah. most of our guests is if you could, because you are a producer, drummer, whatever, if you could choose your, let's say, three favorite pieces of equipment, it doesn't matter what they are, a cable, a drumstick, a tom, a plug-in, yeah. what would they be? Like the gear you can't live without, you have to have on every single song. Mm.
0: And yeah. it, can as, it can be as rubbish as you want. Keep in mind, yeah. my choice was my Squire Fender guitar that I bought from <laughs> eBay for like a hundred euros, because I love it. So anything you really rely on.
3: Uh, Yeah, I have, I have them right here. It's like uh, this guitar pedal. I don't know if you know it. It's like a Montreal assembly counter five. It's uh, it's a very weird grain delay. Oh. Pedal. It's, yeah, it's totally crazy, but I love it because what I like when you you get some, randomization, because I'm a fan of randomization in music. Then another gear is uh, my field recorder, my Zoom field recorder, because it's also a thing. You, you record stuff. It's totally random. Yeah, absolutely. This <laughs> we one. We are both
0: fans. Both of yes. us own one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then the third piece is an old Tascam Porter Studio 414 uh, cassette recorder. Dang! Maybe, maybe that's, oh, let's put it this one hell yeah this is so cool i bought it like uh two or three years ago for 20 20 bucks and right now they're so expensive yeah they're, they're rising so, in value it's it's not normal i mean i've i've looked for it like last week or something there you you can you can buy this on ebay for 450 euros and i think that's so totally overpriced (laughs) for a tape recorder yeah because people use them to resample
1: and to get that tape saturation right
3: and um i i use it a lot for like um making cassette loops cool so um Open the the cassettes and then cutting the tape as a loop and then recording on it and then record it back. and it's, yeah, it's also a thing where, where I where I see a lot of randomization in it. and that's that's so much I like about music to not have a, a plan what you do.
1: Cool, awesome. Thank you so much, Jan. That was super interesting. Um, yeah, full stop. That <laughs> was super interesting.
3: Yeah,
0: super, interesting. Thank you so much for taking time out to do it on a beautiful day down in the Black Forest. Yan from uh, the band There's a Light. You can find all of their music anywhere you get your music. Actually, they're all over the place. Like you said, there's some fast car in the background. Like you said to introduce the episode, they're being listened to everywhere and by everyone at the minute, it seems like. So, YouTube, Spotify, all the usual stuff. Uh, The best place if you want to support them. Buy their music uh, and you can buy uh, stuff there as well, merchandise and all that stuff is there's a light and on Bandcamp. So there's a light.bancamp.com. That seems to be where they've got everything. And you can check out their Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date with them. But otherwise, thank you very much to Jan for coming along. And I guess you're gonna hear a lot more of them when Napalm Records and that deal all uh get started soon. So oh, yeah uh, That's going to be cool. We actually interviewed someone who's semi-famous,
1: Chris. This never happens. So, Ash. Okay. Go on. I've prepared something. Go. What have you prepared? You've... A couple of episodes ago... um, Oh, God. Which one was it? I don't remember. You, dare I say, challenged me. Okay. Can you remember what I'm talking about? I can't at all. Okay, cool. Uh you asked me to
0: Oh god, I think I know what's coming. But go on, keep going.
1: You asked me to cover a song, a ver- a very certain song. Oh, this is a big moment. We need a <laughs> this needs its own episode. But go on. Uh so I I uh we're talking about the little fucking munchkin men, of course.
0: Oh, we are talking about the little fucking munchkin
1: men. And I and I I, I did some stuff. Um, I I don't think it's finished yet, but I did my best. I, I finished it. Like when you wrote me that you were uh busy at the toilet, <laughs> I I actually uh, uh I actually said I'm
0: going to be five minutes late. I need to poop. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't think that's what he said. Worship but, yeah. the porcelain god. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so anyway, I I've prepared m- my version, um, of the little fucking Munchkin man, and um. I would like to have a uh, like a live reaction of yours. Maybe we can put the song in here so everybody can listen to it.
0: Yeah, oh, we can totally put the song in here, but oh my God, hold on. I need to... This is where we need to go crazy on social media and things because I need to find the original guy who yeah. wrote this song.
1: What was his a name guy
0: called. A guy called Curtis Crook. Curtis. And I really need to find him. Um, I don't know... If uh, he even remembers who I am Or if he even remembers this episode of his life He probably doesn't And uh, (laughs) we've just come across Like a couple of weirdos But I really, (laughs) really need to get in touch with him To tell him that this exists This this
1: uh, means something to you Right?
0: Oh it does, it does (laughs) This song has been in my head For the best part of 16 years
2: A world of sin Filled with despair, a dying flame, a fading light. The sky is cracked, a bloody tear, engulfed in everlasting night. We are but filth in a blind god's eye. We're blessed with pain and lies and shit. a slumber as our lullaby, beneath the hollow void of pit. From the heavens down he came. The time of cleansing then began. Bow before him, say his name. Little fucking munchkin man.
1: Oh this is great. Where did you get this idea from to do this? I don't know. I don't know. Because I think Um because I bought all this orchestral stuff shit, right? So I thought, hmm, let's put it to use. That's great. I love it. <laughs>
0: when did you buy all the orchestral stuff don't tell me you bought it just for this because that's
1: no 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 (laughs) i was going to experiment with it anyway so but i thought well (laughs) now you have to to a chance to kind of showcase it a bit
0: it sounds surprisingly good like the orchestral (laughs) (laughs)
1: plugins and stuff
0: right like because when you mentioned you bought them i was kind of like oh they're just going to be like samples you hear anyway but they sound pretty solid actually Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's a spitfire stuff uh like it does cost a shit ton of money but they have sales every now and then so i was like there's a chamber chamber um ensemble that shit costs usually like 700 euros right and they had it on sale for 400 which is a fuck still ton a of, lot money. of money yeah. but i think well they sound the part so yeah still cheaper than hiring an actual chamber orchestra
0: so you it know probably there's that, <laughs> probably. <laughs> there's that. Wow! So, yeah,
1: we can, we should totally like do a whole like finish it. That's now. I, what, how long was that? Two minutes? I listened to it. Two minutes. Well.
0: So, but what, 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 what would you do to finish it? Because I kind of like it as it <laughs> is. It almost sounded like something you get in like a comedy film trailer. Yeah, yeah like that, that. That
1: was that was the idea because I was like, either like the little fucking Munchkin command is a superhero, or mm. it has to be like a deity. Oh man, that was
0: great! Thank you so much for that. That's wonderful. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and we all
0: credit, all credit to Curtis Crook, who I need to find, for the uh, the little fucking munchkin men, which should totally now be in a cinema near you, um, (laughs) as as some sort of like. I could really imagine some sort of trailer to it as well.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe we have uh we have a listener who's into filmmaking. If you yeah, if you who... do a trailer for us, um we'll we'll reward you with I don't know. We'll figure something out <laughs> that we'll doesn't invo- involve body fluids. <laughs>
0: ah, damn. <laughs> I took that one off the table. Um <laughs> let's finish so speaking of body fluids, uh which I guess we're please... <laughs> <Let's> finish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, let's finish. Um, so,
1: <laughs> surprisingly good segue. At some point it starts to hurt, right?
0: <laughs> let's go to a desert island, don't get away from all of this. Um, we're doing our desert island playlist where we add things to it, and uh, this week, Chris, you've got a suggestion that I love. To add to it. So why don't you take it off? Take it off. That's weird. I'm still on the sex run
1: here. Why <laughs> don't you take it away first? Um, which song did I put? Jeez, I'm, I'm nothing without the script. <laughs> I'm falling to pieces here. Hang on. It's a D.I.I.V. song, I remember. But yeah. which song did I put? Is it out of mind? I think so. It is. That's it's it. out of mind. Um, Basically, I... This now ties into uh, the whole video game thing again. I, I never heard uh, of diV before I played the game Night in the Woods, which I absolutely adore. I spoke, I, I talked about it, I think, some episodes ago. Um, and the composer for Night in the Woods, may he rest in peace, um, s- uh, spoke to an interview guy, and he was like, um, DIV was a huge influence on the soundtrack. So I listened to diV and... At that point in time, that was th- three years ago. It was exactly the music I was looking for, and I didn't even know it mm. when I started that song out of mind. I was like, "Jesus, this is this is exactly what I what, what I needed right now." Do you know that feeling? And you mm-hmm. f- find mm-hmm. something you didn't even know you were looking for. Like everything, the because it's not overproduced, it sounds very mellow. Like the drums aren't triggered or anything. It's just, it's it's not bruh, bombastic and everything. Like. Mm basically just a four-piece band with a couple of uh, Roland jazz choruses as their amps and sounds dreamy but not too drugged up um awesome songwriting very very well effecty like a lot of delay and reverbs and to me that is that that is summer music uh, summer evening music uh driving oh. in a car so that's yeah D.I.V and i i didn't uh, didn't like their latest album that much for me it was too dark i think um so, but yeah their latest yeah. album was deceiver and that was the one that
0: we were going to go to the gig to um yeah. but uh, to support of i agree i didn't really like that album so much it was more like um Okay, so that's not true. I did like it, because I do like the whole grunge, sort of garage rock kind of sound. I actually do like that a lot. Um, but it was just a massive difference from what they've done before. So I, I, I just didn't really get it, like, I mm. don't think. But uh, but yeah. I did, I don't know, I, I liked it, so I liked it, but not from them, if that makes sense. Like, it just wasn't what I was expecting. Mm. But... It's funny you bring up that song uh, that you just mentioned actually because I'm going to surprise you here because when you wrote that down in the script and everything you just said resonated with me so much that I was like, do you know what? I'm going to put a song on there as well. From D.I.I.V. or Dive as we also call them apparently. Um, I'm going to put a song on there as well. And it's actually on that album is the is r i think it is the album i always fuck that up <laughs> yeah because it's stupid name um is that is is i'm gonna put on the one that's after the song you put on out of mind is great but under the sun is better i love that song yeah. so much that's definitely on a desert island playlist um again nothing complex sounds very much like joy division or something like that um just this really sort of simple i think it's probably a fender with very slight reverb kind of guitar mm. twangy little thing the riff is not complex or anything like that but like you say it was this um this music that it's so funny you said that because this came out in 2016 and um i remember at that point i was really big into uh listening to a radio station i still love that we've mentioned before called bbc6 music and um they were promoting this album a lot at the time, and it was exactly as you described. It was like an album I didn't know I wanted, but like when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Like everything on here is good. Like yeah. Um. My only criticism about that album is it goes on quite long, and I get a little bit bored towards the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because I think it's got like 17 songs, I think It's about it's over an hour long. Um. I think by the end, yeah. I get a little bit bored um but a wonderful album and that was when i really first started getting into them actually and then i dug back and went into their first album i think ocean yeah ocean yeah Yeah. um but diiv or dive however you want to call it um it's so funny you said that that there was like a band (laughs) and just an album you got into when you didn't even know you needed that sort of music but it was perfect like for that time in my life as well um, so I'm going to follow up with another track from them. As I say, "Under the Sun" would be my um, suggestion. So we have two songs off the same album yeah, on Odessa cool. Island. That's a but first. That's good. That's it for this week's episode of BPM Pod. If you do want to get in touch, you know you can always do so by looking for BPM Pod online. Uh, if you go to bpmpod.com, that will take you to the feed of podcasts. Uh, or you can go on socials, which is at BPM Pod on Instagram, on Facebook. Something that we should be getting better at doing, that we might be getting better at doing soon. Um, and you can go there for getting in touch with us. On the next episode, we're going to go classical and have very minimal chat from us, actually, because we had such an interesting, long conversation with a cellist, an American cellist called Natasha. And uh, she's going to tell us all about picking up the cello of all instruments, um, rather than guitar, piano, normal stuff that we have on here, and uh, how she's been getting along, because she's a teacher, singer-songwriter, session musician, sort of part of a chamber orchestra as well, and uh, we're going to hear from her, because uh, we don't really have many classical, classically leaning people on the, this podcast, so we have a <laughs> actual really musicians. cool chat. Yeah, but not just that, and and I think we say this in the podcast, not to give too much away, but, like, it's not so much the training you need, necessarily, but I do think anyone with musical training or theory knowledge really understands dynamics a bit better. You just kind of have a better feel, somehow, even if not the better skill, and so we talk about that, and lots yep. more stuff, um, and you get proper nerdy over effects pedals, because <laughs> why not? Chris, thank you, as always. Thank you, Ashley.